I recently had someone uh, ask me what church I went to, and uh, I think what was behind her question was uh, just the fact that her friends refused to go to any church because they just said it's all so boring, it's all so predictable. And um, so she was wondering if my church was any different, and it, it is, you know, my church is is not like that because it's full of people who are truly seeking his kingdom, God's kingdom and his righteousness. It's not a religion, it's a kingdom. But it's hard sometimes to explain the difference. Um, we serve not a boring God who's predictable, but a fascinating God who is constantly introducing to us things that we don't understand because we can't, we're too small-minded. So his kingdom is just bigger than we can comprehend, and he has to give it to us in, in bits and pieces because it would blow our minds if we, he gave it all, all to us. It's that fascinating. I mean, Jesus is the God-man. What is, it, what is a God-man? A man who is God, a God who is man, fully God, fully man at the same time. How can that be? Well, it's just, it's incomprehensible. How do you even explain it? And yet the, the first Christians were trying to explain it and, and it, was, it, was a, it was a power. It was a reality. They had to try to figure out how to explain it somehow. And then there was the, the Trinity, you know, three persons, one God. Uh, how do you explain that? And yet from the, the day that Jesus was baptized, you see a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. And this is new. It's, it's new, unheard of, and impossible to understand. It's, it's, I mean, God is fascinating partly because we cannot possibly understand him. We can only discover him. And, and so we discover the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. How can that be? Nobody knows how it can be. Because we humans are too small. God is too big. We cannot understand. We cannot comprehend him. But he is fascinating. He isn't boring at all. So how is it that we have made him so boring that most people, when they go to church, they, they don't want to go back because it's so boring? Well, it's, I think it's because we've turned his kingdom into a religion. It's no longer under his control. It's under our control, and uh, we're in charge. We love to be in charge. We humans, we love to be in control of whatever. So we've created our science and our technology and our governments and our religion. And it's all under our control. We do what we think proper, what we think is right, and it may or may not be, but it's under our control and that's what's important in religion. And so uh, we look back on the way even some of our denominations have started. And we see it wasn't a religion <coughs> at the beginning. It was 
in advance of the kingdom of God. And the people who started our denominations um, were introduced to the reality of the king who was fascinating. And a people got on board with the kingdom of God and the gospel of the kingdom because God was in the middle of it and he was drawing their attention to himself. Big God, not just a little religion. Uh, I mean, I just think of uh, of St. Patrick, for example. Patrick loved, uh, and this is why I put this on my, my volume one of Glory Through Time, the the picture of the of the Celtic saint getting into an Irish coracle and putting out to sea because Patrick had a way of saying, all right, get into a coracle, put out to sea, no paddles, no food, but you're going to be in God's care and you will go wherever your coracle leads you and the winds and the currents will blow you somewhere and that's where God wants you to be and you'll spend the rest of your night life just discovering God, God's care, God's love, God's destiny on your life. Everything is now going to be coming from God. Well, that was pretty radical, you know, really, really radical. Um, but, you know, in some ways, it, 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 every one of us has to do something like that. It's like giving up control and allowing God to be in control of your life. I mean, I had to do that back in 1972 and invite the Holy Spirit. And man, it just changed everything. Um, before that, I was just in charge of a religion. And I, I, can, I can testify to the difference. It's very different. So, uh, it, it's like, it's bigger than we think. Uh, our thoughts are always too small for God. God's thoughts are always too big for us. Um, I grew up in the Presbyterian Church. I went to a Presbyterian seminary. I learned all the rules. I learned all the ways that Presbyterians think. And none of us can really appreciate how the Presbyterian Church got started because it was an advance of the kingdom. It wasn't a religion at all. And yet when I was growing up, I learned that you know, it was about Presbyterian polity and, you know, it wasn't a hierarchy, you know, of bishops and all that, but it was a whole do, new way of doing church government. And it was also Calvinism. So it was all Calvinistic doctrines. Okay, so it's a polity and it's a set of doctrines and that's the way Presbyterians started. And so now we just need to preserve the unique uh, polity and doctrines that all Presbyterians believe in because that's what it, we stand for. But no, it, it is not what happened. Jesus came and decided under his sovereign will to advance the kingdom of God into Scotland so that his presence became real. And so the people loved to meet with Jesus and 
there were seasons of, well, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, as Peter had prophesied in Acts 3.19. And that's what was happening. It was times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. There was a time of refreshing in uh, 1560s, another time of refreshing in the 1590s, another time of refreshing in 1638. And by then, the times of refreshing in the advancement of the kingdom of God and the discovery of the person of Jesus, the God-man, and the three persons of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it was all so real that the Scottish people actually made a national covenant with Jesus. And this was different. It was different from what the English were trying to bring up, which they considered to be the perfect religion, okay? And it's always been this way. It's like one group of Christians presenting the perfect religion and the other group discovering the reality of the king. And the people discovering the reality of the king, they're really good at one thing, surrender. Let go and let God. And God will carry you to an adventure that you didn't dream up at all. But it's a sovereign experience of the sovereign Jesus, king of the nations, king of the universe, the kingdom of God. It's the gospel of the kingdom. And the main ingredient in that gospel is a surrender to the king. And it's not just a religion. So what I'm trying to say to you is the kingdom of God is bigger than you think. It really is something big. It's so big we can't possibly uh, grasp all of it. But uh, once you surrender to the king, you're in for an adventure. And the one thing that you can say about it, it ain't going to be boring. Uh, and people who really do preach the gospel and live the gospel they're not boring people, and it's not a boring religion. It is exciting to surrender your life to the king. So I just want to encourage you to uh, surrender your life to the king and uh, let it be a kingdom for you um, and not just a religion. Also, let me just mention um, the two books, Glory Through Time, introduce generations and generations of people who have discovered this principle. So I want to encourage you to read these two books to give you a historical framework for kingdom living. Uh, you'll meet all kinds of people, like Patrick, for example, and many others, oh my goodness, so many, Columba and Comgall, and you, you just name them, uh, St. Anthony, you know, there, and then the whole slew of more modern ones that you'll meet. But they're, they all have one thing in common. They've discovered the king, and they have surrendered their lives so that it is more than a religion, and they're excited to introduce people to the king. And the king then sets about transforming whole nations. So, um, if you do 
read this book or my other book, uh, Glory Through Time. Um, actually, my, my Glory Through Time book uh, has gotten a facelift already. There's a, a new cover for it that you'll find on Amazon. And if you read these two books, I would really appreciate it if you would write a review for Amazon. That's, that's important to me. So if you've, read, if you've read those two books, please consider writing a review for me, okay? And more than that, um, what I'm hoping for is that you will read the books, see how, how real uh, surrendering your life to the King and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you Wow, that is such an adventure, and, and I would love to hear people say that they get it. Uh, so uh, if you get it and you're excited about the kingdom adventure, uh, shoot me a, a line, okay? I'd love to hear from you. Okay, bye-bye.